Shakespeare once said, sharper than a serpent's tooth is to have a thankless child. Romans chapter 1 verse 21 says, for even though God knew, even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but their they became futile in their reasoning and their senseless hearts were darkened. You know, being thankful matters, doesn't it? We know this instinctively. Shakespeare points out that thankless children are miserable children and they're miserable for their parents. Romans points out that thankless people are unwise people. That's the reason I think it's so glad for us to have a season every year where as a nation, we stop to give thanks. In my opinion, I think Easter may be the most godly holiday that we, uh, that we celebrate next to Easter itself. Let's take a moment to remember why we have this holiday in the first place. You know, celebra- uh, Thanksgiving is a, is a legacy that has been handed down to us for generations. I would say in passing that it has strong Christian roots, and because of that, it's coming under attack by people that don't understand the Bible and don't agree with Christianity. Popular documentary writer Ken Burns, for instance, labels the Christians who came over on the Mayflower, the pilgrims, he calls them radicals. You know, they were these Puritans were radicals while admitting that they came to the world, quote, to find a piece, a tiny piece of heaven on earth where they could worship in a manner of Jesus Christ and his original followers. He goes on to condemn them because they take the Bible so seriously, because they actually believe it to be true. They believe it to be the word of God. And he also, of course, condemns them because they believed in biblical morality and they believed that Jesus is the savior and lost people need him. Of course, those who don't uh, understand Christianity and don't understand the Great Commission then will um, uh, condemn those early um, uh, Christians that came to the United States, not those who came for money, not those who came for selfish reasons, but the early ones who came and wanted to lead the Native Americans to Christ, they'll call them, you know, colonializers and, and um, uh, colonizers and, and, um, and criticize them for daring to consider their view of God as superior to the Native Americans. Well, everybody does agree that in the late summer of 1860, over a hundred pilgrims started on a journey from England to America. They were called separatists. They were separatists because the Church of England, England, they believed, had strayed. And so they were trying to purify. They were working inside the Church of England, kind of like Martin Luther wanted to work inside the Catholic Church to bring it back to its purity in Christ. But they were rejected. And since the Church of England and England itself were united, church and state were one, they were persecuted and decided that they needed to go to the new land to, to, the, to, the, um, to the new world so that they could start uh, anew and worship there in freedom. Initially, they set sail on two ships, the Mayflower and the Speedwell. Each was about 100 feet long. Carrying, the Mayflower carried about 100 passengers. The Speedwell carried most of their provisions. Well, after the Speedwell proved unseaworthy, <coughs> Excuse me. There are a couple of times actually it 
took on water, they decided it wasn't going to be able to make the trip. So about 20 of the passengers voluntarily said that they would stay home. And uh, the rest of the the pilgrims, about 100, 102 people, jammed on the Mayflower with whatever, with all the provisions that they could um, that they could load on board. Well, the trip across was horrible. I won't go into details. Halfway across the ocean, they were struck by a, a tropical storm that threatened to destroy the, the ship. Even the experienced sailors feared for their lives, feared that the ship was going to capsize. Uh, people had to be below deck. People were, it, it was just gross. People were throwing up and getting sick. But after a long journey, 65 days, I think it was, November 11th, 1620, November 11th, they dropped anchor and went ashore. Now, their target was the Virginia colony because, of course, the Roanoke colony had been established down there previously. Um, but they missed it by that much. If that much is 500 miles, they missed it because of the, of the storms. Now imagine the situation. They arrive here on Cape Cod in November. I'm sitting outside right now in November and it's supposed to, there, uh, a, a, a cold front's about to come in here. We know what November's like here in Virginia. Imagine Cape Cod. No holiday inns, no complimentary continental breakfasts, even though they're called continental breakfasts. They have to build their own shelters somehow, find their own food, get ready for winter immediately. At first, some of the local natives were not friendly, but in God's providence, in the springtime, they were befriended by a local Native American who understood English, who spoke English, by the name of Squanto, who became their interpreter and guide. Squanto helped them establish a relationship with the tribal chief of the largest, most powerful tribe in the area. Um, Massasoit, the, the, uh, the chief, became friendly with them. They signed an agreement with them. In March of 1621, they signed this uh, uh, peace agreement and then Squanto helped them learn how to farm and fish. The harvest that they brought in that summer and that fall was so plentiful, they knew they were going to be able to have enough supplies to survive the coming winter. Now, if you had had a year like that, the deaths of so many of your family and friends separated by an ocean uh, from those that you uh, love so much in the land where you grew up. I don't know how you would respond. I would whine. I would complain. But these Christians were not whiners. Governor Bradford of the Plymouth Colony called a three called for a three-day festival of Thanksgiving to God, and invited the local natives to join. About fifty pilgrims showed up, and according to the reports, Massasoit showed up with ninety from his tribe. For three days, they spent uh, time offering thanks to God, as well as in athletic competitions and sharing food. And, um, and many consider this the first Thanksgiving celebration in America, on American soil. 
Now, I think it's unfair to have a competition. I hope it wasn't the Indians versus the colonists because the Indians clearly had an advantage there. Uh, Edward Winslow, one of the first governors of Plymouth Colony, wrote this about that experience. He said, our harvest being gotten in, our governor sent four men on fowling to, to go shoot some, some birds, turkey, chicken, whatever. Um, that, that so we might, after a special manner, rejoice together after we had gathered the fruit of our labors. They four in one day killed as much as, with a little help beside, serving the company almost a week. At which time, amongst other recreations, we exercised our arms Many of the Indians coming amongst us and among the rest of their greatest king, Massasoit, with some 90 men whom for three days we entertained and feasted. They went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor and upon the captain and others. And although it, and although it be not always so plentiful as it was at that time with us, yet by the goodness of God, we are far from want. Let that last phrase sink in. By the goodness of God, we are far from want. That's why they gave thanks. Not because they were the richest people in the world, not because everything was easy, but by the goodness of God, they understood it was from God. He taken care of their needs. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The next recorded Thanksgiving Day was celebrated in 1623 after God had providentially answered prayers for rain. They thought that they were going to, they'd been going through a drought. They thought that they were going to lose all their crops. Um, the governor called for a day of fasting, for days of fasting and prayer. And at the end of the day, they said it began to rain, a gentle, perfect rain that saved their crops. Shortly after being, and, and so they recorded another day of Thanksgiving to celebrate. Shortly after being sworn in as president, George Washington issued a proclamation designating November 26, 1789 as a day of Thanksgiving. On that day, he called all citizens to take time to show gratitude to God for his protection, care, and blessings. It was the first Thanksgiving day designated after the United States had officially become a nation, declared by the first president, President George Washington. By the way, sometimes people like to say he was a deist. They're all just deists. Deists don't believe in the provision of God. Deists believe that God is remote and disconnected. That is not the act of a deist. Finally, of course, it was President Lincoln in 1863 in the middle of a bloody civil war, who signed a proclamation declaring uh, a day of thanksgiving to be offered on the last day of November. Lincoln wrote this, No human counsel hath devised, nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that these blessings should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and voice by the whole 
American people. The first Thanksgiving after a devastating year by those pil- from those pilgrims, with those pilgrims. George Washington, a Thanksgiving after the difficulties, all the difficulties of the war of independence against the strongest nation in the world, Great Britain. The, Abraham Lincoln, in the middle of, it's 1863. The war's far from over. Some of the bloodiest days, some of the bloodiest battles have been fought, Antietam and Gettysburg and Shiloh. And yet the president says, we need to stop and give thanks to God. If the pilgrims can give reason for thanks in their deadly year in Washington and Lincoln, certainly we can find reason to give thanks in our day. I love that line from Governor Winslow. By the goodness of God, we are so far from want. By God's goodness, we have what we need. Yeah, things are rough, but God is taking care of us. He's not done with us yet. He's still on his throne. He still is at work. The story isn't yet done. His kingdom is forever. Yes, the lost need to be reached. Yeah, there's a lot of evil that needs to be overcome by the power and the grace and the goodness of Jesus Christ. And we have lots to be thankful in the middle of our difficult episodes. So let's be thankful. If God's with us, who can be against us? Psalm 100 says, Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his faithfulness is to all generations. God was faithful to the people of Israel. He was faithful to Moses. He was faithful to David. He was faithful to the prophets. He was faithful to those first century Christians who were martyred for him. He was faithful to those pilgrims who at great cost established a nation that has blessed the world. He was faithful to this nation in the Civil War. He'll be faithful to his people today. First Thessalonians 5.16, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything gives thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Heavenly Father, we want to do your will, we want to be your people, and we realize we need, we have every reason to be thankful. We thank you that though life is difficult at times, we are so far from want. We have our daily bread. Inflation is driving us nuts, and yet we're still eating. Uh, People are hurting, and yet you're still providing people to care for them. The work of the church is, is difficult, and there are many who oppose, and yet your word is still true. It is still light to our paths. In the name of Jesus, is the name that is above all name, names. 
and the power of your Holy Spirit is without rival. I thank you, Lord, that we can look forward to that day in eternity when we will know the great victory and we have so much to be thankful because of Jesus, through whom we pray. Amen. Again, sometimes people find these encouraging. If you did, then maybe want to encourage a friend. I would encourage you to, to share it with them. Until then, let's keep praying for each other and for our nation.